on, everybody, and welcome back to Salty Runback. Here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. The playoffs of the NACL are well underway, and by the end of this week, by the time we record our next episode, it'll be time for the finals. The qualifiers also underway. Some crazy upsets we're going to be talking about later, and a little bit of discussion about the most valuable player, prospect, something like that. My name is Graves. I'm joined alongside Hawk. Hawk, how are you doing today? Grapes, I'm doing very well. It's finally we're recording at like a somewhat normal time. I mean, it's a little late at night, but it's not, you know, it's not terrible. And I mean, we we just came off a pretty crazy weekend of League of Legends across the board. You know, start of the playoffs, and we had uh, some some weird things happening in NACL that we'll talk about later. And, and things have been good. We've had to be flexible a little bit with each of our schedules getting pretty busy during the summer. Yeah. Basically, the only time that we have available to record our episodes is really late at night and so if you sent some strange vibes from us uh throughout the summer split that is probably why i think it's been that, okay overall though yeah that would indeed be the reason you know what grapes <laughs> when you're basically doing like a nine to five and i'm doing like a five to nine you know we we, we do what we can to uh to find time to record but yeah you know hey like my, it's just my sixth location uh recording this podcast all year so i'm there in a go. new spot the journeyman. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, some, some players that we can talk about a little bit later. But, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, uh, just another reminder, follow us on our socials. We will be heading off to LCS Finals in a couple of weeks again. Let us know if you are going to be there. It should be a fun time. Uh, and, and yeah, Hawk, we got uh, some some gameplay to discuss. What, 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 what do you say? Yeah, let's just dive right in. I mean, we got, we got some good stuff to talk about. All right. Something, by the way, before we start us off, like, it's shocking to me how the NACL playoffs are just two weeks and or plus the the land finals are going to happen a little bit later. So we're basically halfway done with the playoffs right now. Eight series went underway over the last four days. I went six of eight in my playoff predictions. I don't remember exactly, Hawk, what you picked, but I'm pretty sure it was, is, it was decent as well. I feel um, like mine were probably less close than yours, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, saw, we saw some good stuff overall. Um, and... Maybe not the bracket that either of us were expecting, Hawk. Out of the eight series that we saw, what was the most entertaining one for you to watch? Oh, man. I mean, we, we so we've only had one series that wasn't a 2-0, by the way. So the cop-out answer is just to pick DSG against Fly because they went 2-1. It was very competitive back and forth, you know. But I will say we have had some competitive 2-0s. We've also had some not that competitive 2-0s. I mean, just to name a few, Maryville made things exciting today against Wildcard in Game 2, made it look like it might go to a Game 3. Um, Fear just upsetting Team Liquid Challengers 2-0 in general was pretty spicy. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. And that was a pretty um, exciting series as well. So I guess off the bat, those are my three quick answers, and, and we can dive into maybe those series a bit more. Yeah, I mean, the first round, nothing too exciting. I know there was a little bit of hype around Evil Geniuses against FlyQuest, but Fly seemed to make pretty good work out of them. Uh, I think overall, I was pretty much expecting the top four seeds to just make it through. I put out a bit of a spicy tweet uh, implying that I didn't think Fear vs. Wildcard was going to be very close, and it wasn't. So uh, shout out to me for, for getting that call correctly. There you go, um, yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about the the 1-3 the game series then, just for a little bit, though, because FlyQuest versus Disguised, my goodness, I had so much fun watching that best of three. Um, everybody had their own moment to shine. And, and yeah, I mean, DSG like barely taking it at the end. Some come from behind wins out of that squad. Um, 
I want to I want to shout out those young players, Young and Meech specifically. Like they both had incredible series, really picking up some of that slack, um, and really making DSG look like, I mean, one of the scariest teams in this playoffs. I mean, definitely being able like that was the hard fought series between two Titans that we were definitely expecting. And I do feel like, you know, I was trying I was trying to make it look like this. The answer to this question wasn't super obvious. But yeah, I do feel like I mean, this series was just like DSG and FlyQuest. They both came to play. Uh, there was a banger interview afterwards with Zazel. Like, I mean, you can't really ask for much more. Like the storylines were all there. And and now FlyQuest, one of the pre-tournament favorites, has been sent to the lower bracket. But one of them had to be right. And, and that's the crazy thing. So. I think that was a great series uh, all across the board. And I mean, it, I'm glad it delivered. And I hope as we move forward, we start seeing um, more of our top teams playing against each other. We'll continue to see these very competitive series, especially as we move into best of yeah. five as well. Just watching those carries duke it out. I mean, Masu had like a really insane game number two. And Young, again, he got the Aurelia in game three. Like, shout, like, throwback to last year when we were watching Young on AoE, just like carry on the Aurelia. Yeah. Um, really, really cool stuff. And, and then Dude, yeah. he waited all split and finally gets to play melee champs. <laughs> like, the meta's finally in a position where we can play melee champs. Like, Young, you're soldier for playing Annie Ari for like three weeks. Yeah, Masu played really well, but he was not happy that Young was on a collie like for two of those <laughs> games in a rally for the third. It was not a fun time for him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about DSG. I had them, I think, winning the whole split in my playoff predictions, and so you did off to a decent start so far. Uh, the other one Which... that I think is pretty fun is uh, today or the yesterday, as you're hearing this, if you're watching on release with Maryville versus Wildcard, because. I thought that Wildcard was going to be slumping a little bit. And Maryville in that game two had me thinking, okay, we're going to a game three. Maryville's smashing this. I turn off my computer. I had to go for an errand. I come back. The game's over and the series is over. And Wildcard won the game. And I just did not really understand what happened. But I saw on Twitter eyes, that you tweeted 2-1 Maryville. Like, what happened there? But I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to happen. In my eyes, it was a 2-1 because... Maryville in that game two should have won, and then the the third game is just another stomp the other way yeah. by by wild card to to win. So I was like, I was kind of kind of close. It was a, yeah. one of the more competitive two zeros that we had. It, it definitely was. I, sorry, I should correct myself too, Graves. I saw that you xed that. Uh... <laughs> I did say like oops at the end of that as like a yeah. Mm. Uh, sorry about that. But yeah, no, I just I, sorry. I was trying to make fun of the the Twitter rebrand, the terrible. Oh, I thought you meant that I like crossed it out. Uh, no, we're, no, we're still calling it Twitter. I don't know. I don't. No, I don't we know are calling think, it Twitter. We're calling it Twitter. We should just cut that from the episode. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, this is our place to 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 put our foot down. Yeah, it's called Twitter. It's and called we Twitter. Be calling it Twitter. We're it's not changing Twitter. that logo up there. It's staying yeah. the same. My, which by the way, like they haven't updated the mobile app, right? Like I, mine still no. is Twitter on the mobile, but on <laughs> fucking PC, it's it's X. I hate it. Anyway, we shouldn't talk about that. But I, yeah, I just you know I needed to vent humor is my way of <laughs> complaining about twitter it's a large part of our livelihood so, so that is true twitter it's, twitter does matter to us is, is there any other any other series you want to talk about or should we head on to this next topic no nah, there's probably not much else to talk about we can we, we can move on because because grapes you did talk about uh how you picked disguise to win the whole thing and your playoff predictions and you're feeling pretty good about that well i picked team liquid to win the, the whole thing in my playoff predictions and uh i'm not feeling as good about that after this weekend <laughs> Yeah, uh, Team Liquid and FlyQuest in the lower bracket are number one and two seeds. Many people's favorites to, alongside DSG, I guess, win the entire NACL. They 
if things go according to seeding the rest of the way, which as we saw, not necessarily always something to expect, it would be FlyQuest versus TL in that lower bracket semifinal, I think, like the third versus fourth play, like to decide basically who finishes in fourth. Um, that is not what people were expecting coming in. Are you worried about these teams or do you think that it's still going to be pretty pretty competitive all the way through? Um, Am I worried? No. Now, am I worried that Team Liquid might not win the whole split? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really concerned. But I'm not worried about these two teams in particular and their ability to make a run in the lower bracket, at least until like they face each other. Uh, because honestly, I think what this weekend of games has taught, uh, shown me and, you know, knowing the NACL, I'm probably gonna be completely wrong by next week, but it looks like we have a clear top four. I don't feel like, um, wildcard or EG will beat team liquid or fly. And, and we're going to get to, um, this top four of fear disguised fly quest and team liquid challengers. Now, what I will say, uh, as well. You know, we just talked about how FlyQuest had an incredibly competitive series against DSG. I think that was something we expected to be competitive. They lost, but it was close. Um, TL kind of got kind of got uh, feared a little bit. Mm -hmm. That puts a little bit of fear into my heart. You know, seeing what I thought was the best team in the league getting 2-0'd, like I am a, a little bit worried in the sense of I'm not concerned about their ability to make top four, but I mean, can they can they make the lower bracket run all the way through and win the split which is i think what a lot of people would have expected i'm actually not sure i want to preface this by saying i was watching the the fear tl series while i was casting the qualifier so maybe my full information is not like all the way there i watched like part of it while i was on the qualifiers part of it off of it but it seemed to me while we were going through that series that even though it was a fear 2-0 like there were a lot of moments where team liquid still yeah. looked like team liquid and so yes. in terms of like am i worried about them falling apart like and, and harry coming in as a substitution i don't i don't think so this is still the team liquid that we have known for the last few weeks thing is the team liquid that we've known for the last few weeks is kind of just on that same tier at the top with fly with fear and and with disguise and i think any of these teams could beat each other on any given day and fear played really freaking well that day i mean shochi yeah. absolutely popped off that entire entire series um just a, a really really great performance kind of all throughout from fear their drafts are really nice and team liquid just kind of didn't play bad they just kind of played okay and and fear played better than them on the day so um that combined with the fact that FlyQuest and dsg was so close i'm not too worried about either of them and i do think either of them do have that chance to make it to the finals to win the whole split it's just that now they're gonna have to go through each other and it won't be them facing right. off in that grand final like many of us expected yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well. Like, I, I'm slightly concerned just based on what happened, but also I really do think, like, I, I think these teams will be fine at least in their next lower bracket series. Graves, I do, since we have the time, uh, real quick, like, when these two teams play each other, who are you taking? Oh, man, I don't know. I had FlyQuest losing at this point to fear in my bracket. And so if I want to like stay on the perfect predictions, I should take TL to win. And that way I'm like as close as possible to my potential predictions. Um, but no, I'll take I'll take TL, I think. I think that Masu is really good. Spyrax and Yuji, again, really starting to come into form. Um, I don't know. I feel like FlyQuest peak this entire year was that one, those two or three weeks uh, immediately when Winsome came down from 
the LCS. And that was coincidentally the moment FlyQuest started also in the LCS team, just going down and down and down, which is really sad to see. How unreal um, is it that no matter what happens, we're not going to see them at LCS finals weekend? <laughs> I know. Well, maybe maybe actually we could do some content with them because maybe they already booked their flights and are, and are on their way. But... <laughs> oh no, they're going to be there and we could be like, hey guys, how does it feel to not be playing this weekend? <laughs> We could do an interview, yeah. We could. That would be fun, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I think Fly Challengers has kind of been, you know, good at points and kind of had some other points, and so uh, I guess TL has done the same. And I do think that Fly can be TL on the day, but I don't know. Something about this just I, I I'm feeling Team Liquid here. I don't know if there's really kind of a science behind it because they are very close. Yeah, they they are really close. I feel like I'm feeling Team Liquid as well. I, I know I just said I was a little bit concerned about them, but I just feel like FlyQuest is the epitome of like a really good team. They are just always really good, and they have some moments where they individually pop off and overcome the best. But I just feel like Team Liquid is overall a stronger team uh, than, than Fly. Like, like FlyQuest feels like they are just more consistent and more able to play at their peak but team liquid's peak is higher does that make sense yeah and i think that's where i'm at with this and i i think in the lower bracket i i think team liquid will be all firing on all cylinders i don't think they want to get um get knocked out so i i would take team liquid as well i'm expecting competition though yeah harry is benefiting from the fact that melee mids are meta again. <laughs> like he's allowed to play it on the on the NACL stage. Really cool for him. I also am going to change my predictions in a, in another way towards the top. I think Fear are looking so good with the land buff right now. And if they do get to the LCS stage and like have that full experience together, like I don't know what's going to happen. Like things they might just like win LCS <laughs> if they just keep playing at this level. I don't know. Yeah, I mean Fear. You know Fear is an exciting team. Uh, to talk about them very briefly before I move on, like I've been a doubter all year, and no, they've they were continuously like below five hundred for a while. Yeah, but like I'm not even talking about like some like I've been a doubter all year, and they have <laughs> proven me wrong over and over and over again. And I just want to give them so much credit because they really do deserve the success that they've had, and it's been cool seeing what they've been able to do. And I, I like a lot of the players on the team, so you know, shout out to them for showing up when it matters. So, yeah. I'm excited. It's crazy how this next episode, we're going to know which two teams are going to LA for the finals I know. For, for the NACL. So a lot of League of Legends about to come. We're going to talk about the NACL a little bit later in our part two, but let's talk about the qualifiers for a little bit to round out our headlines, starting off with the big headline from the qualifier weekend. Um, all of our teams flopped, except for Mirage Alliance. The four teams that we expected to make it out of, of into the promotion tournament that we thought looked the strongest through and just like kind of far and away. Winthrop, Team Ambition, and Lit Esports all lost their first round of the group stage. Teamless Revenge, um, CB Gaming, and who's the other team? Oh gosh, uh, I'm such an idiot. Oh geez, uh, it's Cold Hearted, right? And Cold Hearted, yeah, the the freaking Yukino team, man. They, I like, they don't seem like a four seed to me, but they are. Uh, they they all took the dubs. What happened here, Hawk? Dude, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Partially because the games happen at the same time as CBLOL, but also partially because, like, it is really surprising to me because um, coming into this tournament, I mean, we both said this. I'm going to put us both on blast here. We were like, oh, yeah. nobody's beating this top four. Winthrop, Lit, Team Ambition, and uh, Mirage Alliance, they are, like, 
the teams. And um, no one's going to beat them. <laughs> well, that's a fucking lie. Um, Team Ambition, I'll give them a little bit of an excuse. You know, they don't have their starting top laner there um, in Porsche. So, like, you get a, a pass. I still don't think that really gives you a pass because you just should be better. But, dude, I don't know what happened. Like, just because I feel like these four teams are so stacked and they did not get it done this weekend at all. Yeah. It, it did not seem close um, compared to the rest of the field. We watched the quarterfinals, and they were all very convincing 2-0. Even just lit over Chiefs Chasers, which I thought was maybe one of the closer matchups that we had in the quarterfinals yeah. last tournament. Just a, a pretty swift lit 2-0. And that is not what happened here in the qualifiers. Our lower seeds really took advantage. There are two teams that kind of did make roster adjustments. Lit Esports is running with Plux instead of Chaye now, and Hoarder True, in for TA yeah. over Porsche. So again, as you said, things that we have to take into account. Team Ambition just looked lost the entire time. I think they might have heard that the roster change was happening the same time as we did because they did not look prepared. They looked pretty mental boom, uh, and Krakadon Kindred kind of just ran the floor with both of those games. Um, and same with Lit. I mean, they... We're, I think, in my opinion, playing a little bit of a stronger opponent because Yukino is playing as Kisno, and if we saw that matchup in the NACL last split, we would say that was a huge match mismatch towards the the team that is seated lower here in the qualifiers. But um, yeah, I really don't. <laughs> I'm unsure about how I'm feeling about these squads going into the promotion tournament now. Whether even if it is yeah. if if it is these teams in the promotion tournament anymore, because they're so far ahead in points, even if one of them like flops out in the group stage before making the quarters, there's still a good chance that they end up in the tournament. And I think that's the big story is really looking forward to promotion tournament. Like there, there's reasons for all these teams losing, like even Winthrop, right? You can give them the benefit of the doubt where it's like, I actually tweeted about this with Maryville earlier today is like, they've basically been playing nonstop the entirety of 2023. They didn't have a mid split break because they were at sea level. Right. And then they are immediately back playing in the qualifiers. They, they had a couple weeks off, but I mean, it's been it's been like nonstop for that team, but just on paper, these four should so definitively be at the top. And as you said, they can still just all make the promotion tournament, depending on how things fall. Uh, it's still likely that they all make the promotion tournament, I should say. So I think the big story is really like we don't know what to expect. I know Team Ambition, we were starting to get high on a couple episodes ago, uh, looking towards the promotion tournament. And obviously, Mirage, we're still holding out hope for but again with how competent both supernova and Ta team fish taco looked in the um in the nacl like it is it's a little concerning if you are a qualifier fan hoping for blood yeah i i think that i feel way less confident about our qualifier team's chances except for maybe mirage alliance if anything i think mirage alliance still has a pretty good shot uh we'll see what team ambition look like they they did not specify a date when Porsche was coming back, although they did say that Porsche was going to come back at some point. Maybe it's next. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's the week after that. Maybe Team Ambition is out of the tournament before Porsche comes back, which would be crazy. Um, but he will be back at some point. Maybe they'll get back to that form by then. Uh, Lit is more of a permanent change, and so I don't think we can we can go through that. Before we move on to our topic, our, our next topic, um, there 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 was kind of conversations about. The this like the the schedule and how that affects uh, some of the top teams because uh, these guys didn't get a week to did they didn't get any weeks off it was straight from semi the finals weekend into Swiss um, and they also had to jump two patches 
between those weeks. Do you think that has anything to do with what we saw here this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be a part of it. It's hard to just keep a high-level performance going for for that long, you know, with no no breaks at all. It can be really hard for players that, I mean, they put a lot of focus into the game uh, and a lot of mental energy. So I, I, I would say it's part of it. Now, part, part of what I would say is, like, I think these teams should be good enough where, like, those kind of things, they should still be able to win. But, but also, again, like, maybe that's part of it, right? As these teams think they're good enough that they should still be able to win and then they disrespect their opponents. Like, so there, there's like logic on both sides. So short answer, yes, I think that's part of it. But the entire reason, probably not. I do think a week break, at least in between tournaments, would probably be a good thing moving forward. But yeah. yeah. Or, or like uh, also just like kind of playing on two different patches within one tournament. Yeah. I think they, they do that in the NACL regular season. I know it's like a different format, but I would be okay with like swapping to patches going like just between group stage and, and knockout stage or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to, we'd have to brainstorm this a little more, but just keeping players a little bit more regular. Uh, maybe I will say they both, they all made it through the Swiss fine, which, you know, say what you will about some of the lower seeded Swiss teams, but that is true. Um, and so, yeah, maybe that is a factor. Maybe it's not, We'll keep our eye on Winthrop, TA, and Lit as they try to make it through the lower bracket. And that could be a bit interesting here. Uh, but we could maybe switch more to the positive side here with topic number four. and uh, Talk about the teams that benefited from this decision. The four seeds out of um, our groups all did pretty well. The bottom seeds, even middle sticks, who were the only bottom seed that actually lost, which is kind of funny. Two Mirage Alliance. They put up some competitive games. Um... And, you know, they're in a group that is a little bit more volatile. They're in the 8-9 group. They have uh, Gentle Hearts and Komodo. And, you know, each of those teams have had their share of struggles. Which of these four seeds are going to go the farthest? I can list them out to you right now again. It is Cold Hearted, um, CB Gaming, Teamless Revenge, and then Middle Sticks. So, Grace, for me, the answer to this one is definitely Cold Hearted. Um, I feel like this team is probably the most legit out of all of them. Not to say that the others aren't legit or anything, but I mean, a team with Yukino. It's like you said, like Yukino is really good. <laughs> and and that the, that kind of player? Yeah. In the tournament? Would you say that? In the whole tournament? Uh, yeah. Maybe? I mean, I mean think of Yukino versus like Yukino was an MVP candidate last week. Yeah, he Yukino was an MVP. Yeah, was. yeah, I I could get behind that. I could get behind that, I think. Um Probably the best player in the tournament, uh, surrounded by players that, you know, we weren't as high on, but those kind of mismatches and having that kind of player on a team can do weird things in this, in this format. We saw, we saw this in previous years as well. Um, last year, you know, there was always that one team that was kind of like mega hard carry by one guy. Now that doesn't mean that I think they're going to win the whole thing necessarily, but I do think that this team like could create upsets and maybe make it in the knockout stage and, and look forward. Um, to be honest with you, Return of the Middle Sticks and, uh, sorry, Return of the, so, so CB, Return of the Middle Sticks, what was the fourth team? Cold Hearted and Teamless Revenge. Teamless Revenge. Uh, Return of the Middle Sticks and Teamless Revenge, I don't expect them to go that much further. Could get out of groups, maybe, um, but I'm not expecting magic from them. CB is the only other team that I'm like, maybe they could do something in this tournament. Um, but I think Cold Hearted is really where my eyes fall. Yeah, Cold Hearted really intrigues me because I think I would make the argument that Yukino, like just off of name value and what we've seen from him in the past, is the best player that we have here in this tournament. Yeah, I think that's a good point. 
we have to like I haven't really analyzed all these players' gameplay super heavily because there's a lot of games to watch. I'm kind of skimming through VODs as we go through. Uh, but Coldheart is, is a really interested team, interesting team because they don't play very traditional at all. They're a very, very weird team. They'll draft things like Morgana and Seraphine and, and Ash and, and in the bottom lane specifically, things get really wild. And they have Dave Mon in the mid lane who is known for playing some pretty unorthodox things as well. And in my head, even though Yukino was on this team, on paper, this roster was not enough to kind of contest the rest of the squad, uh, rest of the field. But to be honest, Yozu and Cupic, the bot lane, and Cliff in the top lane, Dave Mon in the mid lane, they, they've all been kind of pulling their weight to a certain extent. And these niche, unorthodox playstyles have actually worked pretty well. And so they play against Apex Mission Impossible um, in the upper bracket to make it into quarters. I think there's a chance that they win that. And then after that, we'll see from there. Their only path to winning, to making the promotion tournament, is by winning the entire split. I'm a little bit hesitant to say that they're in a good spot to do that, uh, but I will hype them up here. Uh, the other team that I want to talk about real quick is is CB Gaming, uh, because when we look at the other upsets that happened, um, we had Coldhearted who was playing as lit with a roster swap, and we had Team Ambition who just looked pretty mental boom the entire time uh, against Teamless Revenge, and so. CV Gaming's win against Winthrop it seemed the most legitimate in my eyes. Like, I think Winthrop was kind of just playing how Winthrop did and straight up got outplayed by CB. And that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, they have Geiger. Coulter subbed in and looked really good. He's their coach and is kind of just like was in for K2 for the day. But he said afterwards that he's very confident in K2's ability to step in and continue to help this team play. Um, and, and Klexo again, kind of just continuing to impress in the mid lane. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I think I think CB um is a great team. I I think I seeded them higher than a lot of people in the committee, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I was pretty high on this team coming into the tournament. I, I definitely think them and Cold Hearted are the ones to really keep our eyes on. Obviously, middle six teamless revenge. Don't count them out or anything. Uh, if you're the team playing them this weekend, I would do your research and be ready for that game for sure. Uh, they're not going to be a pushover. But for me, I I, I do think um. I'm really got my eyes on cold-hearted CB gaming as far as who can go the furthest. Yeah. I think CB in my head is like the most stable, more stable of the two where it's like, I think they have like a, maybe a higher floor, but a lower ceiling than cold-hearted and then cold-hearted. I think they could just bomb out the rest of the way. They could also, you know, make finals. I am exactly like with the, you on that. I'm exactly the, with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's always something that we can, you can argue with teams that have very niche play styles and stuff. And so, yeah, it'll be exciting. It is weird how like them they're like in the upper bracket and like it's gonna change our expectations. We're gonna we'll talk more about the state of the points as we progress later on in the qualifier season. But set up for some some pretty interesting matchups this weekend, Hawk. Yes, sir. Yes, we are. But All there's right. there's not a whole lot of matchups left, and maybe that leads us into our fifth and final topic. Yeah, I mean, we alluded to this a little bit, but our last topic is kind of just talking about the general state of the schedule. It is. Currently July 26th, which is maybe like 60% of the way through 2023, which by the way, a little bit crazy to say, but that's not the point of this topic. Um, the point of this topic is that the develop NACL, NACLQ scene is like 90% of the way done. For two of our teams now, Evil Geniuses, or sorry, AOE and Maryville, like those players aren't don't have League of Legends to play until January now because they're not at the promotion tournament and they don't have more playoff games going on uh, in the future. So things look kind of weird for them and then also just you know for any teams that get eliminated from here on out like this is the last 
like your last games can be played in July. And, you know, it's either making it all the way to the NACL uh, finals or making the promotion tournament. That's when you kind of get to like almost September for the promotion tournament. Um, but it does feel like there's a lot of dead time, a lot of off season. Hawk, do you wish there was a way to combat this or do you like the way that the season is structured as is? No, I, I actually really wish there was a way to combat this. I, I wish this season was longer. To answer this question, yes. And it's not necessarily that I wish the season itself was longer, but I I wish it was scheduled better. And now I would, to hazard a guess, assume that this is partially because the whole se- the whole scene went kaboom like a month before it was supposed to start, right? So there was probably a plan, and then the plan had to be changed. So I understand that. But it is weird like everything will be done tier two wise well even even lcs everything will be done by the first week of september worlds doesn't start until october that is always crazy to me like there's a whole month in between now for lcs i can kind of get it like they need a month to get to korea and boot camp and like do that kind of shit but like i don't think we have that burden in tier two and I think it's really weird that we finish so early. And then there's always this discussion of, like, what should happen during the offseason for all these players. Like, you know, someone always tries to put together some sort of in-house. Some streamer puts together a show match in the middle of December, like, for a random weekend. And everyone gets hype and then forgets about these players, like, a week later. Like, it's just weird. And I so I wish there was some like more at the end whether or not it was the season or just like i don't know like a one-off tournament i don't know what it would look like but i just wish there was something that continued to drive engagement for tier two esports during this incredibly long off season that we have and the other thing with it again not being the best scheduled as well is like i just think of how when we're talking to maryville at sea they're like yeah we're gonna fly home and then we have nacl two days later like that was crazy how quickly the season started after msi and sea so again i like i think if everything was pushed back a little bit more like we could just use the time that we have i, I felt like everything was crammed in when it didn't need to be crammed grapes and and that's sort of where i'm at yeah i i definitely agree i do also though before we get into this i feel like this has been something that has happened for the last couple of years at this point like 2022 2021 maybe it was yes. a little bit more stretched out but still no the it's idea always been a of, discussion this has always been a conversation though you're right about that yeah the idea of like developmental league is ending in august and you have four months of doing nothing and, and this is the point where if you are a player you want to try to be improving promoting to the space as much as possible and yeah I, I do wish that there was a way to to allow that to happen obviously like for tier one esports you have worlds incoming and that's important um and so you have the that extra month of october that doesn't really exist in developmental and maybe some of the future solutions with NACL with developmental leagues, having that America's developmental tournament uh, could alleviate that a bit. I know like in Korea and China, they do like Kespa cup and Demacia cup yeah. in the off season and those feature some developmental orgs. And so, um, yeah, that, that could be cool. But yeah, I- just the, the fact that players, staff management, heck, even us are kind of out of work for a few months. It always, it always is something to talk about. It is an interesting conversation as well. I, I should add, like, I do think it's a good thing that, like, you know, for as much as a fanatic as I am for Tier 2 esports, uh, 
it's a good thing that like there's a blackout during worlds right same way as msi like nothing should compete yep. with worlds everyone should be watching worlds and the players should get that time off if they're and, and a break is nice right uh, a break well. is it's good like, absolutely yeah. as we discussed kind of earlier a break is definitely good but I, yeah i'm with you i just i i wish that there was something to fill a little bit of time just to continue like something i i i don't know what it would look like like you know, something more official than the speaker show matches i guess is well, all let's I do let's for. do it let's do a Let's do a America's tournament next yeah. year. Let, let's let right right games. Let's make that happen. Or like Yo. I don't I don't know. Like someone make like salty runback invitational happening <laughs> this November. There we go. Great teams. We're putting on the other tournament. Channel. Let's do. Here's it. what we do. Great. Great. This is gonna happen now. Grapes and I each draft a team and <laughs> they play against each other. We get other person like we get like all uh, all the other like NACL casters in on this oh, like gosh. we eight of us or something we draft like an eight team tournament and they I don't know like something like that could happen because I was gonna say like even something you know I, I kind of riff on like you know something more than the speak in houses but even if Riot wanted to a little bit more officially sponsor some sort of like streamer captain like tier two tournament you know what I mean like where they. Like, like they they draft teams from a pool and they play like I don't know just something like that like something that's gonna drive engagement I just think would be cool and that allows the players to play even if it's not like Team Liquid challengers against FlyQuest challengers I would still yeah. love to see you know uh, Masu and Fake God playing in December you know or if they wanted to and obviously again breaks are important and, and the one thing I'll say about out of work it sucks for us because we get paid day rate right but um. I do. I will say, like, I do think a lot of these players, you know, have day jobs and stuff, or they go to school or whatever. So it is good that they do have time to maybe focus on that a little bit more during the off season. But I don't, it's a tough balance to hit. But yeah, I mean, as fans, I I can't help but wish that there just wasn't so much time because I mean, even off season doesn't really start until after Worlds anyway. So I think we've just discovered we want to. We're doing a. We're doing a salty. We're, we're doing a salty run back invitation. What's gonna happen now? <laughs> Let us know if you want to be interested. If you're interested in, in participating, in, if in someone's comments, interested, but... we'll make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's gonna do it for our headlines for this episode. Good discussions overall, yeah. both the qualifiers and the NACL. As we move on to our part two, it's time to talk about MVPs. What does that mean? Well, you'll see. It's time to discuss the MVPs. This is always an award that is given out every year on the NACL broadcast, and we're gonna talk about it because we're nearing that point. They normally use just the regular season to determine who wins this award. However, Hawk, there's been some confusion over what this award actually has meant over the last couple of years. And to make sure that there's no confusion at all for what we are discussing here, we have a few different definitions of the award that we'll be going through today. Yes, we, we do. Grapes and I have taken the liberty of... Uh... Positing some, you know, maybe to muddy the waters even, uh, some <laughs> additional alternatives to what MVP could truly mean. So we're going to be picking many definitions of MVP, seven to be exact, and we're going to take you through each and every one. But at least to keep the discussion clear for on this show, we will tell you exactly what each of our categories means. And maybe y'all can go home and pick your own and I don't know. Either we're going to muddy the water or we're going to help clear things up or maybe our memes are just bad, but we'll have fun. No matter what. <laughs> yeah, you know, so so you know, the NACL they can only give out one MVP and then people argue over like it should be this, right. it should have been that. Yeah. We're just gonna give you all of the possible options. And so whatever definition of the word you say best, you could pick that as the salty runback nomination for MVP. Of course, we don't have a say 
in who actually gets chosen, unfortunately. But this is we're just we're, we're throwing our hat in the ring before the. I think we need out. a media vote. I I think that's what needs to happen. Can we get a media vote? <laughs> we're media. <That laughs> All <is> anyway. Really <laughs> funny. Just we're the it's like us and Salt Mine are like the only other media. Yeah, right. Yeah, vote. yeah. Us us and Salt Mine get media <laughs> votes. That'd be so funny. I sorry, this is so tangential. I was watching the dive today and Kobe just straight up did not do his all pro voting, which I think is hilarious for LCS. Hey, we're doing it for for NACL, even though it's a little yeah. bit different. But yeah, uh, we, you know, yeah. these are our media out. votes for you, <laughs> for your entertainment. And, uh, and shout out Saltmine, who did their all pro teams for NACL. That was a, yes. a pretty fun discussion. If you want to take a look at that, but let's let's talk about these awards, the MVPs, because uh, the first meaning of MVP, which I guess we could talk about now, the one that pops into people's heads the first when they think about these three letters, most valuable player. Did I lose you? No, I was waiting for you to, to pick it oh, up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna take that again? Uh, let's let's <laughs> here you can you can cut I, me after. Just go back there and I you cut me after I say most valuable player and then I can start talking again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I can start talking if you want as well. I no, I, I had been losing you like a tiny bit this episode. I like not enough to not comprehend what you were saying, so I didn't say anything, but I was worried I lost you. Okay. Sorry. We're good. This is the award that is traditionally given in sports. It's given in the LCS. It's given in you know football, baseball, however you want to put it. Um, whatever other games you could potentially play. The the person that whatever is the other best games player you could potentially play <laughs> in the league. There's not really an MVP of like chess or things like that. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. But like you know what? The, the most common definition yes. of the word. And uh, we each picked one. So so Hawk, I guess you can go first. Right, yeah, we're gonna I, show them all I, at the same time. I, I do. I do want to point out, like the, this. I feel like this definition even sparks controversy because people are like, "Is it the best? Is it the most valuable? Like, best player in the league? Straight up, no ifs, ands, or buts." Grapes. I've got Mir once again. Uh, well, not really once again, but I, I just think this guy's the best. Look, no one can tell me that he's from Korea and played in Os and went to Worlds when I'm just saying he's the best. Nothing about prospects, Mir. Look, it was a quieter split this time around. I'll give you that. But I just still think he's the best player on the best team. Team Liquid Challengers was first seed for a reason. And a big part of it was that they had a damn good jungler bringing him along. Yeah, honestly, there's a lot of different players from TLC that you could have put on here. I probably would have had APA if you didn't get promoted to LCS. And so yeah, yeah, that, that would have been a, it a little choice. bit. Um, Harry would have also been a solid option, but he only played for a couple of weeks. And so... That sparked some discussions. I went Shochi for Cincinnati Fear. Maybe a bit of a controversial take, but I think this guy has been had the most carry performances, the most 1v9s of anybody in the league. And so I guess yeah. when you think about who has been the best player, like who would I who would I pick first to have on my team? Maybe I go with someone else. But I'm gonna go Shochi here because he's played so many different styles. He is carried fear a little bit even harder than than you know he might have in the spring split because i think in spring it was more of like a combined effort from everybody on that team but it was a lot of shochi here in summer and so i want to give him credit i think he's gotten so good over this last year and a half that we've been watching him and man, he's he's really good so i got i got shochi I, I do, I like your Shochi pick a lot. I, you know, Shochi was definitely high on my list, especially, like, if you want to talk about recency binds, like, last three, four weeks, Shochi, yeah. I would say, probably has been the best player. Um, 
And I know when we came into the split, we weren't sold on Cincinnati Fears roster again. Like I've doubted this team a lot. And we were like, you know, how much can Shochi really carry with all these roster changes? Well, it turns out quite a lot, Graves. Quite a lot. So, yeah, it's, it, I think this is a very logical pick. Uh, yeah, I, I think this guy's been really good. Some other people I would have thought of, like basically anyone on FlyQuest Challengers, I think could be an option. Like that team's been really good. Uh, and then on DSG, like Fake God or 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 Zazel or Tomio even. I think Meech and Young have had their ups and downs, so maybe I'd be a little more hesitant to put them. But Fake God had a very strong start to the split. But I think Shochi finished a little bit stronger, and that's why I picked him. Yeah, I, I think that's completely fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a big Shochi stand, so I'm willing to get behind you. And again, with Mir, it's just like I don't know. I, I just watch him play, no, and it's, I just it's another really good choice in, sure. in a league dominated by junglers as well. Like we talked uh, on previous episodes about how good the jungle pool is. I think Mir just really stands out to me as still the best, and that is impressive in and of itself. And I think it's really clear that so much of Team Liquid's playstyle does revolve around this player. Very nice. That is our first MVP. Now, if you're wondering what the other MVPs could potentially be, I guess we can we can go through them because you know you, you can you can change things around with these three letters. It can mean any set of words that you want. And so this is our award for most vital player. Now, this maybe is the other way that people will interpret the most valuable player term. The person that has had is the most instrumental for their team's success. And so, Hawk, I think we each picked different players than our best player here. Yeah, definitely. We, we did pick different players. And I think there's a really important reason to have distinction between, like, the most valuable, as in the best, and the most valuable uh, MVP, as in vital. Because, I mean, my pick, honestly, like, I'll, I'll be the first to say, I don't necessarily think that they were the best player in the league, even in their role. But damn, Quacker was so important to Supernova, man. Like, I feel like, especially down the stretch, when Supernova was starting to get in the dog days of the season, starting to ride the struggle bus a little bit, there was one constant. And it was Quacker getting solo bolos in the top lane and, and creating points of pressure for this team time and time and time again. Yeah, there are multiple instances where I said to myself watching Supernova, like, man, the only way they can win is if Quacker gets, like, a billion kills. And to be fair, they did that a couple times, and Supernova won 10 games, or 10, 11, 12, something like that. So shout-out to them. Um, yeah, Quacker, very surprising player that, that we had. He was, oh, yeah, okay in the promotion tournament, but I think really turned it up in the summer split with Supernova, made the most of his opportunity. Hope to see a little bit more of him in the future. I went with Keel on wildcard gaming, and, and you know... I think Keel was probably a, a contender for most valuable prospect for whatever the MVP is uh, these days by some of the NACL broadcast talent. Uh, and this guy has been very, very important for how Wildcard play the game. He is so obviously calling all of the shots, you know, going for these ganks all by himself and, and helping facilitate the rest of his team. And when Wildcard went on that hot streak in, in, the, in the second or third week of the split, that is when Keel, I think, was at his best, and that is why that team played the best. And so yeah. I'm going to give it to Keel here. That guy has really helped Wildcard throughout this entire year and has to be solidified as somebody who you know could be looked at even for a promotion. It definitely, definitely could. I mean, Keel, I feel like Keel's really gone up and up and up this year too. I mean, coming into the split, I know we weren't super sold on, on him as a member of Wildcard, and time and time again, Keel has proven, I, I think similar to Shochi as well, coming into this split, in particular, um, 
It was like, how much can he carry with all these roster changes? Well, it turns out quite a lot. And I think that speaks to how instrumental Keel is to the success. And he's really been playing well. So I think that's a good pick. But, I mean, Grapes, we got five more MVPs to... Or, well, ten more MVPs. Five more MVP definitions to go through. I mean... Yeah, you know, maybe you don't think the MVP award should be from the best player. Maybe not the most instrumental for their team. Maybe you think of this way. The most versatile player. Somebody who can fill all different roles for their team. Put in... A, you know, put their feet into a bunch of different shoes and succeed in all of them. And maybe that is what you think the MVP award should mean. Hawk, who is your most versatile player of the NACL summer split? Grapes, we already talked about this. Who else could it be other than Shochi in mid? Look, I already talked about, um, you know, Young having to be like on, on Ari Annie duty early season. This guy is also a soldier for putting up with Ari Annie duty because recently we've been seeing assassins. We've been seeing Azir. We've been seeing 80 carries, which he is 10 and 0 on, by the way, throughout the season between Tristana and Kaisa. I mean, Shochi, for the longest time, I have said this player can do anything, he proves it every single split. His versatility is a boon to any team that he is ever on, and I, I that just cannot go understated. Yeah, I think he probably does hold the the title of most unique champions played this summer, and so for, if you're looking for most versatile, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think I saw Zav tweet that he had like 20-something unique champions in the NACL summer split. don't remember the exact count, but it was definitely up there. Um, I went with the real mid laner for Cincinnati Fear. If you saw their socials team, uh, shout out to them. In mid <laughs> their AD carry, uh, or bot laner, I should say, because he does not just play AD carries. This guy um, was one of the first proponents of Ziggs in the bottom lane, and that was a real meta-defining pick in this league for a long period of time. And he has shown a bunch of different champions that he's been able to play and help his team in whatever way possible. Uh, you remember last year, carry, last spring, carrying now into summer, the Seraphine play out of him that became so important for how this team functions, plays things like the Karthus, of course, the 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 Seraphine, the, the Ziggs that we've mentioned before, even like other, you know, unique AD carries like Ash. This guy plays a lot of different picks and a very versatile player, specifically for the bot lane role as well, because that's yeah. a, another big distinction that we have to make because bot laners normally aren't very versatile. Minwi has been for this entire split. Yeah, and it's good to see a versatile AD carry player, or should I say bot lane player, because I do feel like, especially recently, there's been a lot of discourse about, like, should bot laners only be playing ADCs? Like, I feel like I've seen on Twitter and stuff, like, you know, Ziggs, Karthus, Seraphine, OP in the bottom lane for so long. I also think it's telling that we just chose two figure players. Like, this team that's definitely... What this team does. Yeah, that's what they do. Also, I was looking at the stat while you're talking. Shochi, including playoffs, has played 21 unique champions. Now, the list I was looking at did not include playoffs. I just had to do a little mental math. 21 unique champions for Shochi, including playoffs. Excluding playoffs, the next most was 16. So, you know, maybe that's up to like 17 or 18, including playoffs. Uh, I could actually look at who that was. Um, it was... Uh, Zamudo had 16 champions played. Yeah, so I don't know if he's played next. any pick any more actually. uniques yeah zamuto uh, probably should get a deserved shout for this award as well but my, um, my only thing was yeah. like sometimes zamuto would play these champions and it wouldn't work like, that that's my thing <laughs> yeah like grapes i was there for draven top okay so like look he can individually perform on it, but that doesn't mean it worked, right? And so I, I'm with you on that. I feel like Shochi, when he picks it, 
he's a genius unless it's Katarina. Which was a misclick. So, <laughs> by the way, what a great picture of Shoshi that we have here. It's just yeah, it's really good, beautiful. isn't it? <laughs> We've seen it a bunch of times already. Very, very nice. You're um, gonna see it more too. Spoilers, damn. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry, well, my bad, my bad. My I guess bad. we can go to our next one. If you don't think that the MVP is the person who just plays the most unique, different styles, maybe you think it's something else. Maybe you think it's the person who has grown the most throughout the summer split or throughout this year, and that is what we're giving our most valuable project award to because this is Developmental League of Legends, so maybe the MVP is the person who has developed most in the developmental space. So, Hawk, I guess we can go through what we have here for our most valuable projects. Grapes, I think we're really going to start opening people's minds to, like, all of the <laughs> all the different aspects of MVP here, you know? Like, just so you, you all wait. Like, you, you thought MVP was complicated already. We're here to complicate it even more. Most valuable project players that we really did not have expectations for coming in and ended up being studs and players we expect to continue playing at this level. Team Fish Taco, Onat, baby. The O-Nation rise up. Look, Onat had a few stinkers this season, but he also had some major pop-off performances. was a huge part of a bunch of TFT's wins, and I think was not even less of a liability than people expected, but actually a lot more of an X-factor than people had any expectation for coming into the split. Yeah, I think Onat was one of the, the really surprising parts of that Taco roster that I thought had a chance of making getting them to playoffs. Of course, they had that unfortunate substitution situation at the end of the split that kind of dashed all of their hopes in that regard, unfortunately. Uh, but I do think Onat played very solid, especially towards the middle of the season. So I definitely like the the shots that you give him here. And, you know, we, we saw this guy on Supernova the Qualifiers. He also kind of had a, a real upward trajectory there. He did that again in Tier 2 can keep that going i mean the sky's kind of the limit for this guy yeah definitely can be i mean yeah i, I don't have much to say but I, I mean both these players as well like grapes they oh yeah i, I gotta guy, i gotta talk about guy's the limit but yeah you should you should talk about yours <laughs> yeah i mean if, if onat was kind of from tier three to tier two and then to like you know a pretty solid tier two player kim don was from you know a player with very little expectations going into the start of 2023 into probably one of the best supports that we have in the league at this point in time. One of the big reasons why uh, TLC was able to get off to that such a hard start and be a very solid player, uh, be a very solid team, be that one seed in the entire Challenger League regular season. Kim Down, I think, was probably at the bottom of most people's tier lists uh, when it came to not mine uh, coming into yeah. <laughs> the, the season. I think. If you remember back to our first episode, when we tier listed the teams based on how well we think they built their rosters, I did not have TL at the top. And I think a large part of that was because I was not very hopeful in how Kim Down was going to perform. And so, you know, coming from Collegiate, I I saw some, you know, okay games from him, but nothing ever really eye-popping compared to somebody like Masu who came up from Tier 3. Uh, but Kim Down shut me up and shut a lot of people up by playing very well in the summer split um, and just being a very solid support at this point. Him and Arrow yeah. in the bottom lane have been very consistent all throughout. Uh, his engaged champions have looked really good combined with the Enchanter play. Um, just just a really solid, solid pick, and I think he has, you know, used this developmental system to full effect on Team, L, on team Liquid. You know, Grape, seeing where UCI is at these days without Kim Down, maybe we should have... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, they weren't doing anything with Kim Down either, so... <laughs> I mean, they made top eight last year. That's, like, not bad. Um, uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it's not it's not crazy, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I do feel like you're cheating a little bit. This is definitely like a full 2023 pick, I think, more than anything. To start of the split, I think I was like established enough on Kim Down after the fourth place finish that I was able to um, not consider him a project. But even despite that, I think all the points that you bring up are still extremely valid, and I, I think it's good that Kim Down gets that shout because I think he is the best example of a pure development project playing in tier two and showing he can be a part of it after even a slow start. Like there were growing pains with Kim down, but he's, he's very much a part of the league now. And as you said, one of the better supports. Other picks I was thinking of Lunasia from taco actually, uh, definitely crossed my mind. NXI, uh, we're talking about just team fish taco players as a whole. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's just overall, uh, you know, just, that's what the developmental system is all about. We got these players, and, and hopefully they're both back in our league next year and continue to impress. Or maybe a promotion. I, I don't know if that's. I don't think these players are getting like, promoted, to like, be honest, but maybe one day. More time in tier two. I, yeah. I, I definitely want to see that out of these guys. So. Yeah. All right. Well, um, grapes. Uh... <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, we're 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 getting we're just... a little bit into the weeds with our definitions right now. Then, uh, most violent player. Maybe you don't care about who the best player is, or who the most versatile one is, or who has the most uh, you know experience or growth level. You just want blood, and the MVP is whoever can deliver you the most of that. Hawk, who is your most violent yeah. player for the NACL Summer Split? See, see, Grapes, the people might not uh, account for the fact that sometimes an MVP needs to be entertaining. It's not just enough to be a great player. You have to be a great asset to the scene as a whole. So half of being entertaining is just being fun to watch on the Rift. My most violent player, I said we'd see him again, it's Shochi, baby. He's playing Zed. He's playing Yone. He's playing the 80 carries. He's solo killing everybody. Roman bot top getting kills. This guy is a psychopath. That's really all I have to say about that. He's fun to watch. Yeah. You, you think violent, you think kind of just Shochi ganking, diving bot lane and you know diving top lane just and diving generally mid lane and diving everyone, and diving my house. Psycho. Just yeah. <laughs> diving your house. It's, it's great. Like it's 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 this guy, this guy Zed on all the assassin picks. Man, yeah, he he goes ham. And so I think that's a very valid very very valid choice. Um <laughs> Young on DSG was in my mind for a little bit just because of his assassin play uh, that we saw, especially towards the playoffs. But I'm going to give it to Zamudo because Zamudo is the most violent player in the split. You know, it, you know why? Because he he just the only thing he cares about. You know, sometimes winning is important and winning is cool and all. And all. He wants that solo bolo. He wants that one v one. He wants the advantageous lane matchup going up 50 CS, and he doesn't care if he dies for it because. Trust me, he died a lot. <laughs> he also, you know, got a lot of kills, got a lot of early game advantages that sometimes harmed him in a way. But yeah, sometimes the most violent players have that kind of comeback to bite them. So yeah, shout out to Zamuda. I'm happy that he's back in our league. Yeah, I, 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 first of all, I'm laughing at the quality of photos that we have on this slide. I looked this up is... Zamuda, and this was the first image that showed up. This it has, is like, literally the play button over. So this is the only picture of Shochi I could find on the internet with like less than an hour of searching. So, Chochi, <laughs> what's going on? We need a selfie or something. I mean, but we anyway, could, I, we, could, we could have gone to like the VODs and grabbed the interviews and everything, but that would have taken like an extra it, 10 I seconds. Couldn't, so I Google could not be asked. Better. Yeah, yep. so <laughs> Google Images, Zamudo, Chochi, guys, we get, what's going on here? But um, I, 
Zamudo would be so good in a meta where like individual skill and like one v ones mattered more. And like I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but like I, I think back to like say like a 2018 meta when like the shy was the best top laner in the world. Now that guy's a griefer, and I feel like it's a similar theorem here where like Zamudo is that guy that is willing to just do like the crazy crackhead shit just to get a one v one advantage, and that is I have so much respect for that. Um, and I also just want to say too, I think the young shout out that you give is, is good. Shochi and young, honestly, a very similar play style. I think Shochi may be a little bit more versatile in that play style, but, um, I really just think Shochi's just had a slightly more impressive split. So it's why his name has popped up more, but I do want to give young that credit because he is definitely someone that is very willing to play for the one-on-one, -on -one, very willing to play aggressive, very willing to pull out the melee carries and, and get down in the dirt and, and scrap with you and still very damn good at doing that as well despite how great of a split Shochi has had. So I, I, I like that shout, and I just want to give him that you, credit. You mentioned uh, a game where individual skill is prioritized more. Well, 2v2 game mode is out. Maybe he just hits rank <laughs> one in that. Did he? Did you see the individual? Did you see the content piece that NACL made where they played 2v2s? No. Oh, my God. No, I have to it watch APA, this. It was APA and Bradley against Zamudo and Kiel, and, and Zamudo and Kiel won. And I think, oh, huge. Um, you know? It, um, also... Before we move on, on the topic of Zamudo, on the topic of players that went to Korea for a split and came back, Griffin, I, you, you're, you're, if you're watching this right now, I am begging you, come back to North America. Play in our league. We cannot lose you to the LCK. We can't lose another one of our talents. Please come back. I am begging on my knees. Please, please, Griffin, come back and save the LCS for us, our holy savior. I, I miss... I miss watching this guy play so much. It's been a year and a half, man. Please give me give him back to us. That that is something that needed to be Graves. I'm like tearing up a little bit. That was so powerful and moving because it's really true. Griffin, we need you back, <laughs> please. Oh, this is a this is another content piece that we have to do. Is just like each of like this. We do this at LCS. We're like praying to the. Uh, we could talk about this later. It's, we do. There's something here. Know, there's something here. Christmas. You know the the Christmas movie where the guy has like the 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 boards and he just like drops them and they have like words. <laughs> right. Yeah. We we do that with Griffin. We go up to him and we just hey, please come <laughs> back. We miss you. The LCK has other players. Griffin, we will fly to Korea and like. <laughs> pitch you in person to come back if that's what it takes i will do it if someone pays me ten thousand dollars okay um so i can afford it but uh, no <laughs> i will do it i'll do it i'll fly to korea and and give you my pitch mm. you <laughs> a team with we're, we're getting so off track great okay uh, anyway <laughs> let's talk <laughs> we're, about we're getting off track but it's true it's, it needs to be said yeah um even though griffin hopefully should be in our league next year if you are somebody who you know doesn't necessarily care about violence but you still care about entertainment then maybe you are a fan of this next award here the most <laughs> valuable pasta we were hard we were having a hard time coming up with other words that started with p so this is what do you, you mean know, this, was, this was a no-brainer this was the first one we came up with grapes this was the <laughs> easiest one to figure out <laughs> the biggest memer of the split hawk what were you giving this to oh this was a really hard one to pick because we've got quite a few uh, goofballs in the in the NACL. I'm going to go honestly really recency bias. This is like a pretty sleeper pick, but I will say like seemingly on the surface, one of the most wholesome players in the scene, and he still is one of the most wholesome players in the scene, but also like throughout his pretty storied career at this point has had a history of being a uh, low-key savage as well. Um, Zazel just on like interview 
blasted FlyQuest Challengers coaching staff, and I thought that was the funniest shit ever. That was one of the like funniest things, I like hardest I've laughed at esports. Like genuine laughter. I mean, I I don't know. That was hilarious because the thing that made it so good too is Zazel and his ever calm and inviting demeanor just roasted the shit out of this coaching staff like so politely and i, I was like damn that's brutal yeah that was a he just he just called them out for like not coaching their team I, well after i should probably them. give context for for the people that haven't seen this by the way um zazel in an interview after the win over flyquest challengers was like yeah i see the flyquest challengers coaching staff in twitch chat a lot and you know, that's cool and all, but maybe if they spent less time in Twitch chat and more time coaching their team, they actually would have beat us. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> he also like, called out Masu for not being as good as Meech and for like, he like mentioned all of his individual mistakes that he's made throughout the whole season. Like, yeah, that's so goat. evil. Like, oh my God, it's so <laughs> funny. So I don't know. Zazel gets some credit for just being like, like the most like un unexpected uh, uh, savage. Could just give it to like just disguise in general for like yeah you know, they have the, the cop they have like the ms paint they have toast on the co-streams great great stuff all around um i gave my most valuable pasta to faisal and i guess like it's kind of spoiled because we already have the images here but he played the most Casante games in the split he had 22 Casante games throughout the entirety of 2023 including his That's time on fear evil oh and uh you know Casante's champion has 4300 health 200, 200 something armor and the dash through walls is q cost 15 mana and and we're talking about the most valuable fosters here so that that's where i got you took you took the assignment very literally and i respect that um but yeah, I we like there, there's there's all kinds of goofballs, but we had to emphasize the entertainment value because again, being a great player is not just about how you click the keys on the rift. It's about how fun you are in the scene. But grapes, we got one left. It's the big Kahuna, the one that all actually right. means something. You know, we you had fun with all of these, and it was fun to hype up some of these other players. But let's talk about what the LCS Challengers League broadcast might actually be awarding, and that is the most valuable prospect award. The way that they have given this out in this past splits, I don't know if the criteria has changed for summer, is who do they think will have the most wins in LCS or at a tier one level across the next two years? So not only accounting for who we think the best player is, but how much we think they still have to grow. Hawk, we're going to spoil it right now. We both picked the same character. We both picked the same player because... I think is a pretty obvious choice, and I'd be very surprised if he is not the one selected uh, by the LCS broadcast, by the uh, broadcast talent, by the broadcast on NACL. It's Masu from FlyQuest. Yeah, it is Masu from FlyQuest. Look, last split, I know the word like prospect trips some people up, and they're like, it should be Masu because he's this brand new prospect, and he looked really good. And I think there was a strong argument for him. He was already high up on the list. But this split, no ifs, ands, or buts. Masu is the most valuable prospect. I think the growth we have seen the uh, at the same time, the consistent growth and the consistent level of performance that we've seen has been phenomenal. He was a player that we both had no expectations for coming to the split. I remember we said that we were wondering if he was put on FlyQuest Challengers just to have a developmental piece instead of Instinct, as opposed to like making FlyFam the all-newbies roster. Damn, were we wrong. It turns out Masu's just that good. This is incredible scouting from FlyQuest. 
I would be incredibly surprised if this player is not promoted in the offseason because if someone can perform at this high of a level in Challengers League throughout the year and be so new, I think there's something special here. And look, I know there's something to be said about being LCS ready and all that, and, and, and I hear those arguments, but when a player just has the stuff, give them that shot, and Masu deserves that shot. I know I've been we've been watching this league for a couple of years now, and I think about some of the the, the players that have been promoted into the LCS in recent years. Um, maybe even bot laners that have promoted been promoted into the LCS in recent years. You think of Jan, uh, Luger, Unforgiven. If you want to give him that, I feel like Masu is just a little different than what we've seen from those players at this level. Unforgiven, maybe you know. First team all LEC. It doesn't pro, count. Like, Unforgiven doesn't, doesn't count. Really Don't worry about count. Unforgiven. Yeah. But like, but like Yon and Luger, who were both been very solid LCS players. I think Masu has I don't know. I don't know if this is like a, a really hot take, but I think I feel like Masu has had more impressive moments throughout his first year in NACL slash tier two than the other players did. Because remember Yon's first uh NACL split or Academy split was actually 2021, not 2022. Um and you know Luger was coming from Turkey and everything, but in terms of like just sheer mechanical skill that we've seen out of somebody, like Masu's definitely up there. I remember this guy was playing on like 90 ping for the first half of the season and was still coming up with a really big outplays. I, I, I just think that's the thing. I I know again, it's exactly what I said, like, you know, oh, only one year in NACL, only really a year and a half played competitively overall. Like, is he ready? But Masu, to me, just feels like a special player. I can't comment on the highlights thing. I just didn't watch enough of Academy in 2022 and 2021 um, to, to say. But when I see this player play, I just think that he's got something. And while developing an Academy for a long time can be a good thing, can also be a bad thing. We've seen so many stories of players like Copy, like, you know, five fire who i guess never really played at this level but you get my point like these players that have showed something and never got that call apa thankfully did and apa looks great and sanity looks great and i think masu is a part of this next class and i'm hoping this new leaf that gets turned over in north america where we realize that we've got these studs these diamonds that just like let them shine man and i'm getting on the soapbox a little bit but i i just feel like there's a new class of players coming up that I am going to cope and say I hope they don't get snubbed out of their shot at the top. And I think Masu is proven his case. I've heard around that no matter what happened in the NACL, going from spring to summer with all the changes and everything, FlyQuest was going to keep their hands on Masu because that's how much confidence that they have in this player. And in my head, when I first you know heard rumblings around that, I thought to myself, you know that does, that's kind of weird because it feels like Prince is just going to stay around forever, right? I'm a little less certain about that now, and so maybe FlyQuest. There's no the right way call. he stays for next split. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, there's a very real chance Masu is playing a FlyQuest next year or another team, but could be FlyQuest. Yeah. All right. Well, th those are all of our MVPs. Uh, seven of them for each of us, by the way, and that's pretty uh, a pretty fun way to talk about this. Uh, which MVP was your favorite? Leave it in the comments below question mark yeah tell us about all your favorite you know most valuable prospects your most valuable pastas and all of the other uh all, all the other better MVPs. One yeah that you want do you to have talk about. 
if you have another MVP, we will, uh, if you tweeted us, like, I'll, I'll tell you my answer. If you've got another MVP category and you can explain it to us, like, I, I would love to do that. I keep the discussion going because I mean, we're kind of riffing on it. Like everyone is always debating about what MVP means. Honestly, I think part of the magic of MVP is that it means what it means to you. Not everyone's going to agree. People are going to value different things. Um, and, and I think that's, that's great because we don't all agree. And there's a lot of great players in this league. Grapes and I both agreed on Masu, but we also laid out our criteria really strongly. And Masu is a strong option anyway. But maybe you don't think Masu is going to be the most valuable prospect. You can take that with a grain of salt. Make sure you follow us on all, on all of our social media, at SaltyRunBackPod. Email us at SaltyRunBackPod at gmail.com with, you know, whatever you want. Um, we asked you guys to do something earlier as well, to comment something earlier. And I don't remember what it was. Do you want to our our our, our salty runback invitational oh, happening yes. this fall? Salty runback invitational. Uh, definitely let us know about that. I'm telling you, it could happen. Let us know about LCS finals as well. Um, follow both me and Grapes on social media at Hawkcast at Speedy Grapes. Um, on, on Twitter. Twitter on Twitter.com. Um, we'd love to uh, continue the discussion with each and every one of you, but from us here at Salty Room Back. I've been Hawk. That's been Graves. See y'all next time.